Hi everyone and welcome back to Mind, Body and Soul, my podcast. And we keep talking about the Bible, well, we're going to keep talking about the Bible and hopefully, you know, from some of the stories that we discuss, you're going to learn something, right? So today we're going to talk about Naaman and his story is found in 2 Kings chapter 5. And it's a very interesting story and I'm hoping that, you know, you're going to learn something from it. I'm willing to bet like one, maybe like, okay, three, at least three of you, right? Because I don't have that many listeners. <laughs> at least like three of you or like five of you have never heard his name before up until like now. So it's very interesting. Well, I'm very excited to introduce this. This, this guy to your lives and i hope you can be inspired from but like by his story because it's a very interesting story anyway so i have defi- divided his story into four phases right phase one is the beginning phase two is like phase th- you know what you know how phases work i'm not gonna explain that right so let's talk about the facts oh, okay. <laughs> okay not me bringing my little little <laughs> student out okay um, let's talk about the story, what happened, right? So, um, King Aram of Syria, right? He admired Naaman, but this is because Naaman had given him several victories, right? And what the Bible says, which I think is very important, is that it says he was a great man with his master and in high favor because by him, the Lord had been had given victory to Syria, right? So the Lord had been playing a role here, right? He's he's like in the story, but like obviously it was like a while before people realized that God was at work. Which is really crazy because that's what happens in life, right? God is really at work in your life, but you don't realize or acknowledge it until much later, sometimes when it's too late. But that's not the point, right? So then anyway, Naaman gets um leprosy, right? And now, like, oh, he is a leper. <clears throat> so, like, he, he's trying to figure out what to do, right? So, at the time when they invaded Israel, they brought back this little girl. And this girl was working as Naaman's wife's maid. And then she's like, there's a prophet back there where I'm from in Samaria. I think he could help you out, right? And Naaman is like, oh, really? Cool, right? So, he goes to his boss, the king. And he's like, man, I'm going to go to israel because i heard that there's a guy who can help me out and the king is like okay fine i'm gonna write you a letter and then you're gonna take it to the king in israel so that this can work right and then he gives him silver and clothes and food i think right and says you can go no 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 silver gold and clothes and says okay you can go you give this to the king etc 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 right and then he goes to the king and the letter says i've sent naman and he's here for you to heal him which is so strange like what do you mean he's here to he, like okay i didn't understand like why did the king write that letter to the other king like we've heard there's a prophet but anyway like i said we're focusing on what happened okay let's let me not digress right so this king is like am i god like do i decide who lives or dies like why is this and he's like, okay, this man is really trying to fight with me. Then he took his clothes off in frustration, just to show, like, the outrage. Like, he's like, the nerve, right? And then Elisha hears about this. And he's like, what? Okay. 
Norman, watch your... Well, Norman, let him come to me, right? Come over and then let's hear the situation. So Norman takes his stuff, takes his servants, and he goes to see Elisha, right? Phase two. He gets to Elisha. Elisha sends someone to him and says, you just have to go dip yourself in the river Jordan seven times and you'll be fine, right? Norman's like, what? And he's like, no, like, really? Like, are there no better rivers in this land, like in Damascus, whatever, why are you sending me to Jordan? Like, could I not have done that by myself? So he gets angry and he's like storming off. And his servants are like, yay. This man would have told you to do something very difficult and you would have done it, right? This man literally just told you to do this. Let's just do it and see what happens, all right? So he collects himself and then he goes and he does it. He dips himself in the river Jordan, all right? And it's... Crazy, because Naaman expected something way simpler, because he thought that um, um, Elisha was going to come and like put his hands on him and start chanting or whatever, right? Or maybe he expected something more complicated. I don't know, but it's not what he expected, so he was quite disappointed, right? Anyway, phase three, he is healed, you know, baby skin vibes, right? And he's 100% okay. So now he goes back to Elisha, and he's like, thank you so much. Um, these are gifts that I've been given so I can give you, please accept them as my thank you. Right. And Elisha's like, I'm not taking your stuff. Right. And then that was okay. Okay, fine. Then he says, I'm going to take sand from this land with me. And now every time I make a sacrifice, I'm going to make a sacrifice to this God that has healed me. But please understand that my, my King doesn't really pray to your God. So when I go into the temple with him and he's like leaning on me or whatever, don't take it as an offense. Like, please whatever like don't mind that i'm loyal to this god now and Elisha's like you can go in peace all right then another name issue gehazi jehazi you know what when we do this stuff if there's a name i can't pronounce my brain is going to tell me what to go with and we're going to go with it and you're allowed to judge me right because we had the same problem with deborah and the other names that were in that story now there's this jehazi gehazi person so we won't call him g right so g is like there's so much money involved in this and clothes why did elisha refuse i'm gonna go and get some he goes and he's like to um nahum um naman sorry naman and he's like so elisha sent me for some stuff could i have like two two of each um two um of the silver items and two changes of clothes right and then he goes and he hides them in his house and then Elisha's like, where, where, where had you gone? He's like, I didn't go anywhere. And Elisha's like, where did you go, right? And then he's like, you're greedy. So now what's going to happen is that the leprosy that he just washed off himself, you're going to get it. Your kids are going to get it. Your kids' kids are going to get it. Everyone, like all your descendants is going to get this, right? And that's your punishment. And then he walked away, right? And that's the end of the story, right? That's phase four, right? So now what do we learn? So many lessons right so the first thing is when you're wanting to be healed don't go to the wrong place right why did naaman go to the king why did the king of syria send naaman to the king they were told about a priest a prophet in samaria why was he sent to the king we're supposed to be looking for elisha here like why <laughs> i don't understand like why go to the wrong place you know where you're supposed to go for your healing but you're not going there. And I guess that's what happens with us too. Like, you know, God, Jesus, that's where your answers are. But you're taking roundabout turns, using different things and methods. I'm not trying to like 
say bad things about people's choices but sometimes we really miss the plot we really want to focus on the less important things and make the journey longer when jesus is like one call away why are we complicating things like just go straight to the source you get me right the second thing is one small sin can affect a generation okay i didn't go in chronological order clearly so let's just once so like we take for granted how the bible really specifies that every sin is the same in the eyes of god so naaman is going away with all of the silver and Gehazi is like gee he's like why did elisha let all this all of this go he gets greedy and he goes and he asks for some thinking i asked for a little bit like who's gonna miss it because it's coming from a king so there's more where that came from but like guys it's sin it's still a sin he lied basically stole and he expected no repercussions and that's what we do sometimes just like ah, it's just a white lie or ah, it's just gum but it's not just gum because god is looking at you and someone who killed someone and you're on the same level and it's hard for us to actually accept the fact that every sin every sin is equal nine minutes then you disappoint me now it's fine okay it's, <laughs> it's hard for us to accept that because of how society has like created a hierarchy obviously we needed to do that for order like purposes of order but it doesn't mean that the rules change in the bible they remain the same you know and then next thing is to follow protocol so the protocol is obviously you speak to the king before you leave obviously because he works for the king directly right and also i guess he was sent to the king because he needed the king in israel to know that the king in syria had just sent someone to you know a priest a prophet in his land also because i'm guessing israel had been invaded by syria so they weren't really on the best of books so then if the king had found out it would have been an issue so i guess maybe that was the reason i don't know but regardless follow protocol like we should remember that even god even though god is supreme we have our earthly leaders that deserve the respect that they claim because they are there for a reason like kings were there for a reason god really is the one who invented this whole king situation so we must respect it right because here especially these kings were a representation of what god was trying to do at the time and that's kind of the same thing now like we have structures for a reason follow protocol respect your elders and your you know people opposite of subordinates don't judge me anyway don't love miracles love god so here naman didn't focus on the fact that he'd been healed he focused on the fact that this god in israel right did this wonderful thing like i just had to like dip myself in the river like seven times and guys it just came like just came off and i had like baby but skin like you know like it's amazing he didn't really focus on the miracle he's focusing on wow this is a marvelous god i'm gonna join whatever bandwagon you guys are on because it seems to be something wonderful right but not because of the miracle but because of the gravity of the change that took place in his life leprosy is like described as very serious like a very like people got exiled for having it so it's not a joke that he got healed from it and so he's like there's a god that can do this i want to be part of it you know even if it meant yeah guys the people on this campus make a lot of noise this men's res has been added all night it's okay it's part of life 
I'm not going to edit this out because I'm going to keep it as weird as possible. <laughs> um, God's message is usually simple. We just try to complicate it, right? So, um, Naaman was just told, dip yourself in the river seven times and you'll be fine. But because we're always expecting it to be cryptic and something that's like subliminal and like hidden, whatever, which, is tie which ties into God does not do things the way we think they should be done, right? That's the next lesson. But they're tied together. Like, you're expecting it to be so complex that you need it to be explained or you know it needs to be like something that only someone else can do whatever but sometimes the answer is like right in front of us sometimes you don't need to go to someone to ask them how to pray just pray sometimes you don't need to ask someone to explain the bible to you just read it right sometimes you don't need to it's not that complicated like you're going through something in your life yes there are people who are qualified enough to help you out but sometimes all you need to do is just trust you know, like, it's this simple. I saw this quote that says, when you're broke, every uh, every problem in your life starts to feel like a spiritual attack. Right? And that was kind of funny. But, like, it ties into, you're just broke. Like, no one's doing anything. There are no weapons formed against you. You're just broke. Right? Don't complicate it. Right? You don't have money. Figure out a way to make it. Right? It's just that simple. But sometimes we want to complicate it because we feel like, there needs to be like a deeper explanation to what God does. Sometimes he just does and we need to accept it. Cool? And also, you don't have to expect God to work the way that you think he's going to work. God isn't going to do what he did in the Old Testament. He's not going to speak in small voices and appear in pillars of cloud and have food flying from the sky. That's not what's going to happen. And we shouldn't expect it. Right? Sometimes we expect a miracle to be something extravagant when in actual fact we have normalized miracles miracles are literally happening every day when babies are born when surgeries are successful when like people wake up in the morning these are miracles right but we literally take them for granted because it's just now normal stuff we expect it to be huge because of the standard that we ex like we have set but that's not how things are supposed to be sometimes it's just as simple as dipping yourself in the river seven times Beware of false prophets. This is G. Literally comes and acts like he's speaking on behalf of Elisha, but he's just trying to further his own. I don't know what he was trying to do, right? Be aware. Be able to tell, like, when something is fishy, because, like, why would Elisha send you away with money and then send someone to come and get it? You need to think about it, right? So, obviously, we're not going to go into um Naman's story because it stops there but what all I'm saying is beware sometimes it's it's like okay be skeptical this doesn't make sense right ask questions because at the end of the day it's to your spiritual detriment if you end up in a pit because God isn't going to be listening for excuses right he'll punish you for being part of something that you could really have fished out easily humility can save your life Naman's life <clears throat> was saved by listening to two little people. The servant girl who was serving his wife and his servants. Servant girl's like, I know a guy who can help you. He could have easily refused and said this is a trap or whatever because obviously wartime, right? But he didn't. He literally said, okay, fine, king, I'm in. You know, this girl said this is what's going on. I'm going to try it out, right? Little people, don't, don't despise anyone because you don't know where your healing could come from. You really don't know where your healing could come from. Like, it could come from anywhere. 
right? Even with the servants, Naaman was like disappointed when he was told to go dip himself in the river. And the servants are like, hey, just do what he says and see what happens. You're not going to lose anything, right? Like you expecting something simpler or like more complicated or whatever, but like just jump the hoops and see what happens. Jump through the hoops and see what happens. And that's the same thing in our lives. Like don't despise someone based on their identity or their level or because you think that they're at a lower level because somehow they might be even higher than you spiritually. Like what made this girl remember that there was a prophet and these people had captured her. Like she didn't need to do this, but she did it anyway. Same with the servants. They could have just let him die, but like they didn't. And there's a reason for that. You don't take that for granted. Okay, so don't despise anyone. You don't know where your healing is hidden. Next thing. God rewards complete obedience. And that's what happened here. Right? He literally blessed Naaman for following instructions. Regardless of the fact that Naaman had his doubtful moment, God still pulled through. Right? Because he awards obedience. His message came from the girl who said, go to Israel. He was speaking through all of these people, went through all of these processes, right? And Naaman was following them step by step until he arrived to his healing where his testimony came from. Pay attention, okay? If it doesn't seem like it's going to hurt you, just do it because God is working through all of us all the time. You just need to pay attention, you know? And just, yeah, don't take anything for granted. Take advantage of adversity. What do I mean by that? This situation, right, was hard, right? He, he, he was a leper. And I guess the only reason why he wasn't segregated is because it was because of his ranking and the fact that he had helped the king succeed. But at the end of the day, he was a leper, right? And now this adversity led him to find God. So take advantage of the situation that you find yourself in because maybe you're going to come out stronger. He came out with clear, perfect skin. He said the skin like, like a baby's skin, right? Like as smooth as a baby's bum, basically. And this came from the fact that he took advantage of a situation, just went with it, right? And at the end of the day, something good came out of it. Healing, right? And obviously, we don't always have like ailments that we can see sometimes it's spiritual healing that we need or like mental healing whatever whatever it is take advantage of what you're going through because maybe you need to go through each and every step for you to come out at the end way better than you were in the beginning who knows I mean, he came out believing in god i mean what's better than that let's just be honest all right and then the next thing is no matter how powerful we are we are all vulnerable and this is also tied with everyone is going through something. Everyone has issues. These are two lessons that are like, he is commander. King loves him, right? But he's got leprosy. He's a leper, right? Everyone has issues. We shouldn't act like they don't. Everyone is facing something. Everyone is going through something. And we just need to like work through it to see where it's going to take us, right? But you should never take for granted the fact that someone has a high ranking and pretend that they're not going through something or just because they've got stuff or they're rich, whatever, we shouldn't really then automatically assume that they're okay. Or just because you like you look healthy, it doesn't mean that your mind isn't racing with these people that's up all night and like surviving on like 30 minutes of sleep because you know their minds are racing or vice versa. Like just don't assume stuff because everyone is going through something. No matter how great it seems to be in their position, there's always something going on. 
Okay? Pride will make us lose our breakthrough and blessing. If Norman had gone there by himself, he was going to miss out on his healing because he was prideful. He was like, okay, so like, what do you mean seven times? Like, am I gonna like go in and then go out and then go in? Or am I, I'm just gonna dive in and out? Like, what am I doing? Like, what do you mean? Like, he's thinking about it and he's like, ha. Ah. Like, am I really gonna have these people watch me do this seven times? Like, you know, pride speaking. Just let it go. Like, let go of all the pride. Do what God is telling you to do. Don't be ashamed of him. Don't be ashamed of it. Just let it be. And see where it takes you. Because it could take you places. You know? Great places. Heights. Like, this man was, guys, he was healed. It's like, we're taking, we're taking all of this for granted. Because, like, I mean, but he was healed. And he found God. And he literally switched over. And he was like, I'm going to worship him. Because I believe in him. That's huge. It's, it's, it's amazing. And we need to put our pride aside sometimes because our breakthrough is hidden in places that we didn't expect. In unconventional, unexpected, like just are you crazy type of places. That's where it is. Embrace it. Because our God is very creative and he has a sense of humor. Like he sits wherever he's sitting, like helping us further his purpose sometimes he really makes us jump through hoops and i guess he chuckles sometimes and he's like i really made them do that right because there's a sense of humor it's a good thing right but just humor him and see what happens your life could change that's what i'm trying to say right god works with faith even if this faith isn't perfect that's the last lesson so naman went through a journey he could have literally gone back home after the king did what he did but he didn't he was like okay fine let's go he gets to Elisha, he doesn't get ready what he expected a second time, right? He's like, uh, let's go. And his friends are like, mm -mm, go back, do what you're told. This is not perfect faith. Everyone has a journey, it's not a race, it's a marathon, right? God will still work through you. He doesn't discriminate, he'll let you have your, just do what you're doing slowly until you arrive. I would cross-reference other people, but that's cross-referencing other characters that we're going to talk about. So, like, just know that he will literally, he will literally just reward your faith, even though it takes you longer than it took other people. Because, like I said, it's not a race. Now, my Bible also does really cool things. We know this. I think I'm going to get used to it. Right? So, Second Kings chapter 5, verses 1 to 19 is our story. And this is what my Bible has to say about it. It says, Jesus inaugurates his ministry in Luke 4 by standing up in a synagogue and reading from Isaiah 61 verses 1 to 2. He does this to highlight the good news, both the good news proclamation as well as the healing that will characterize his ministry. At the end of this address, Jesus states, and there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha. And none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. Right? And that's our guy. Why this story? What about the healing of Naaman so richly reflects gospel realities that Jesus would use it to illustrate his ministry? Let's find out. The chapter opens up showing us a series of contrasts. Naaman, a great Syrian commander, elevated before his master, must now struggle with leprosy. An unnamed little Israelite girl, captured in a Syrian raid, must serve Naaman's wife. However, this child locates the source of healing with the prophet of Samaria. 
The God who gave Naaman victory also controls his destiny. Entering God's kingdom will require a humbled Naaman to recognize his need and the reality that there is a prophet in Israel. Nevertheless, Naaman's pride complicates the process of his healing. Like some today, he believes that healing comes through political connections or shows of lavish prosperity. The fact that he carried all of that stuff and went to the king. When this fails, he goes to Elisha, who issues a simple command to, to perform a ritual healing. An important man, Naaman, expects an audience and display of power from Elisha. The fact that the prophet sends a, a messenger, right, is not satisfactory to him. He wanted Elisha to come himself. Like, he was like, I thought he was going to come to me. What do you mean you thought he was coming? Why was he coming to you? Why would he come to you? The instruction is very clear, right? But, like, pride, let it go. Anyway, no more athletes. Let me finish. Experiencing, sorry, wrong sentence. The fact that the prophet sends a command by messenger is not satisfactory. So anger and rage begin and end Naaman's internal deliberations. Experiencing God's transformation will require Naaman to learn that divine grace comes not through powerful kings or material wealth, but through obeying humble servants. The great Syrian commander comes to the end of himself. He descends into Jordan. In a beautiful Old Testament wordplay, his flesh his flesh turns <laughs> and um, he turns toward Elisha. The restored little boy, flesh of his physical healing now reflects a deeper spiritual return. He humbles himself. Repentance in God's kingdom requires humble submission to God's word. The way up is down. And yet, Naaman's healing serves a greater purpose. His confession that there is no God in all earth but in Israel ultimately issues in peaceful blessing from Elisha. This answers Solomon's prayer in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 41 to 43 concerning foreigners, demonstrating that the blessings of Abraham overflow Israel's borders. This prayer would be more fully answered in Jesus, whose entire ministry on earth also encompassed healing lepers and proclaiming the good news. Jesus said, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And the interesting thing is that, the you know, when it says a skin was like a baby, that's a translation from this whole little boy analogy. So become like little children. That was it from me today. I hope you learned something. I certainly learned a lot. And I will see you next time on Mind, Body, and Soul. Bye.